Hello, and welcome to the Untitled Female Driven Podcast. Uh, We are three film and TV writers who are here to talk about how to make it as professional writers in the entertainment industry. This podcast covers what we wish we'd known when we were getting started, so you can learn the easy way what we learn the hard way. I'm Erica Schreiber. I mostly write features. I'm Jess Cho. I mostly write for television. And I'm Hannah Rosner. I also mostly write for television. Okay. (laughs) We're here to talk about how to ace your staffing meeting. Uh, And by we, I mean Hannah and Jess are here to talk about how to ace your staffing meeting (laughs) while I ask them dumb questions about it. No, you mean ask excellent questions about it. That is totally what I mean. Thank you for your faith in me. I also was wondering if maybe we should take a second to just like kind of tell people what we're up to right now. How are we doing, guys? Like I just turned in a draft of something and so I have some me time and so I'm rewriting a pilot that I never got the chance to finish. Well, I am about to start into a writer's room again and so I'm just preparing mentally for that. And I am on script right now. I'm writing an episode of Legacies and it's going great. Uh, I'm exhausted, but it's been super fun so far. So yeah, I'm kind of in it right now. I'm honestly surprised that you have the wherewithal to do this right now. (laughs) (laughs) I needed an escape. (laughs) I needed to force myself to uh, take a little break because, you know, it's important to to get distance. Oh, yes. It's obviously when you're racing towards a deadline, you have to just sort of buckle down and, and get it done and put everything else aside. But it's really helpful for me to step away for a bit and come back to it. So I'm glad to be here. I'd rather talk to you guys than work on my script. <laughs> no, no one else jump in on that. <laughs> <laughs> we would much rather you talk to us rather than work on your script too. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Let's start with the obvious here. What is a staffing meeting? Staffing meeting is a meeting in which you are meeting with ideally or probably a showrunner or, or a show creator or an EP and you're trying to get yourself staffed on their television show. It's a job interview. So at this point, they've read your script, right? You hope. Sometimes. You hope that someone has read your script and that someone has passed it on to the powers that be, the showrunners, the executives, the producers of the show. I kind of think of staffing meeting as being divided into two different meetings. One, which is the most important meeting, is the showrunner meeting. That's when you're meeting with the creator and or his or her number two and maybe a creative producer. And that's sort of what I consider the creative meeting. And then the second meeting is the producer's meeting slash the executive meeting, or as I've heard it referred to as kiss the ring meeting, which is you're just meeting the people who work for the studio or for the production company or the network. And they just sort of want to gauge you, I guess, just sort of see like, do we like this person? Usually you've gone to the showrunner meeting already. And so you've kind of been cleared by that. And then the producers and execs just want to lay eyes on you and sort of meet you and make sure everyone's on the same page. I've never had the second one. It possibly was because I got hired out of the Warner Brothers workshop. And so the execs kind of all knew me already, but I assume that that is the norm. I, I just haven't done one of those. Cool. So it's like, it's a job interview to be, you know, a writer on the staff of a TV show. Obviously, if you're in that room and you're sitting across from the showrunner, who would be your boss? Or you're sitting across from the network executives who are going to give you dumb notes in the future or great <laughs> notes in the future. Great notes. You definitely say great notes. They're always great. So here you are in that meeting. What should you have done 
before to get ready to be prepared for something like that? Definitely know who you're meeting, everyone that's could that could be in the meeting, because sometimes it's the showrunner, but sometimes you'll meet one of the like the line producer or somebody, a, a producer on the show or a coordinating producer. That's I met the coordinating producer before I met the showrunners on Legacies. And so try to just do as much research as you possibly can about who you're meeting with and what they've worked on before, how long have they been on the show, and ask around if you have friends or people that know the people that you're meeting with, um, you know, what are they like, just as much information as you can have going in so that you don't, you know, say the wrong thing or say, oh, I know so-and-so, and and if you had done a little homework, you would know that so-and-so and the person you're meeting with don't speak anymore or whatever. So it's just good. It's good to know these things and also watch like as many episodes of the show that you're, if you can, if they're available, if it's like a first season show, it's not much you can do, but I guess you could maybe watch their previous work. My suggestion is basically the same as Hannah's, which is to over-prepare as much as possible. I like to read interviews that the showrunner has given. Usually by the time a person reaches showrunner level, they have done interviews in magazines or whatever, online interviews. And reading those interviews can tell you a lot about where they're from, the kind of humor they have, their interests. And I just read those interviews to try to find some sort of commonality between me and the showrunner, just because, you know, these meetings often start with a lot of small talk. And so I feel like when my job going into these interviews is to try to make the showrunner feel as comfortable with me as possible, because the more comfortable he or she feels with me, the more likely they're going to want to spend eight hours a day in a room with me for the next 20 to 28 weeks. That makes a lot of sense. It, like, you really can't overstate how much time writers on a writing staff spend together, right? Like, you guys are stuck together. You have to work together. Yeah. And just like any job, the boss wants to make sure you're someone he, that he or she can tolerate uh, for that amount of time. This wasn't a staffing meeting, but before I got staffed, my first job as a writer's assistant, so my first job in a room, I met with the showrunner and I had like prepared everything I could. I'd seen all of his movies. I'd read, you know, read everything I could about the comics they were adapting. I learned everything I could about the show and the people working on it. And so I was ready for like any question they had. And then when we were there, they didn't ask me like any professional questions or questions about the show. We just shot the shit. Like we just sat there and talked for like 30 minutes about whatever, like not work related stuff. And then at the end they were like, okay, you're hired. I was like, really? Do you, do you want to know about, you know, you want to ask for my resume or anything? They were like, no, we just want to make sure you're cool. That is very important. Be cool. Be cool. Be cool. I think that's probably our, our subtitle here, right? Ace <laughs> yeah. staffing me. Be cool. Colin, be cool. <laughs> yeah, I think that's totally fair. I don't know. Whenever I'm in a writer's room, I always think of the same thing. It's like you're in a van packed with five to 11 people on a road trip with very few bathroom breaks. And so you're all stuff in this van. The showrunners just want to know, like they're in the driver's seat. They just want to know, are you going to be a good road trip buddy? Do you wear deodorant? <laughs> Do you wear deodorant? This is actually important. You, yeah. Do you leave important. open containers under? The, I've been on a lot of road trips with a lot of people <laughs> in a van. <laughs> yeah. Like, great are, analogy. Do you clean up after yourself? You know, stuff like that. Can you coexist with them and with everyone else in that writer's room? That's probably the most important thing. I did want to go back to something that Hannah was and you, Erica, were saying about the difference between preparing for a new show versus an existing show. So existing show, it's a lot easier to prepare for that because you just watch everything or as much as you can. And if you can't watch everything, always pinpoint the episodes that were written by the showrunner and watch those because those episodes, well, you'll be able to talk about them with the showrunner, but also... I don't know. I find that those episodes tend to be more in line with what the showrunner really wants for, in terms of his or her vision for the show. Also, but if it's a new show, 
find the showrunner's old shows and eps on previous things they've worked on. And you can find that out just by going onto IMDb and looking up their credits and then watch those shows. And then you can try to see if you can find any patterns. And that way, even if you, there's no similarity between the old shows and the show that you're currently interviewing for, at least you can talk to the showrunner about like, oh yeah, I really love that show you did, like ABC and for these reasons. And something that all showrunners have in common they love to hear about how good their work is. So true. So just <laughs> don't brown nose, you know, don't be like a suck up. But if you are a professional writer, you should be able to find something you like in anything. There has to be at least one thing. Find that thing and just hammer into the show and like how much you love this one thing and why and how that plays into your own strengths. There was also um, a, th a thought I had of like, you know, nowadays you could see if they have a social media presence. You might be able to get a little sense of their voice and what they care about. I follow a lot of showrunners on Twitter and, you know, sometimes they're talking about writing. Sometimes they're boosting other creators, you know, like they express themselves and that's, that's really helpful. And I think probably an easy way, it just like a little bit of a sense of how they interact with the world and, and what they sound like. And a quick tip for if you're interviewing for a show that is season one, maybe there's a pilot. If the pilot is like easily accessible and, you know, like CAA sometimes sends out pilots. And so it's, you know, they're, they're available online, but if it's like a super hush hush pilot and like super under the radar and you manage to get your hands on it, great. You did your homework, but don't maybe don't talk about it. Cause they will probably want to know where you got it. You don't want to get someone in trouble. So just like, just play your cards, right. Just be careful with that. You don't want to get some assistant somewhere fired. That's such a good point. I never would have thought of that. So you're in there, you've done your homework, you know, you've stalked the showrunner as much as you possibly can. What should you not do? What are the things to absolutely avoid? Don't give notes. <laughs> <laughs> so don't give the showrunner Don't try notes. to impress them with how good you are at constructive feedback. They don't want to hear your notes. Yeah, they want to hear your notes. Don't tell them what your vision of the show is and how you're going to save it. They want a team player. They don't want a hero or someone who thinks of themselves as a hero. The other thing I would say is don't talk shit about anyone else. Yeah, that goes for like across the board obviously, especially in a staffing meeting or interview. But yeah, I cannot stress enough how important it is to not talk shit. Some showrunners will press you for yeah. the shit sharing. They want to hear the gossip. But if once you do, you will temporarily satisfy them and then they'll know this person cannot be trusted with my shit. This person will talk behind my back and they will not trust you and they will not hire you. So no matter how much the showrunner presses, don't say anything bad about anyone or about any experience. If you don't want to lie, I'm really bad at lying. So when someone presses me on a writer's room experience that they know they've heard is, hasn't been great, you know, through their friends, through mutual acquaintances, I just say, you know, it was really interesting. It was a great learning opportunity, which both those things are true. It was very interesting in a different way. <laughs> interesting um, covers all manner of sins. They, I love it. It does. It really does. And so it held my interest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm basically saying is learn, like, I guess, learn how to pivot, but yeah, never talk shit. But if you can lie lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't lie I'm actually quite good at lying. I don't mess with gossip. Like I'm just, you never know where it's going to come back. I don't know why I'm just, I'm a very paranoid person. And I hear people uh, throughout my career, I've like heard so much shit talking where I'm like, you don't think anyone else can hear you or you don't care that like in a couple of years, this person you're talking about could very well be your boss or somebody that has the power to hire you. And so I've just always like, kept mum. And so if you can lie and just be like, yeah, I didn't really, you know, if, if they're asking for specific things, how are so-and-so on set? What is this writer like? Like they're going to try 
Jess is so right. They loved, they love to hear the gossip. Um, just play dumb. If you can play dumb, be like, Oh, I, I didn't really, you know, I kind of stayed steered clear of that. And I would say the last thing to avoid is not being yourself. Yeah. You want to be the best version of yourself because you want the job, but showrunners tend to be pretty savvy and they can sense when you're being disingenuous, you know, when you're faking it. So you just want to show them like, yeah, I am me. I am okay with being me. And here's how I'm going to help you. Not by being someone who's always super sunny or brown dozing. If you are a super sunny person, great. I am not. So I'm speaking just solely from my experience. I'm a, I'm a pessimistic rain cloud. And I go into the meeting. And I'm you are like, not. You're a ball of sunshine, Jess. <laughs> Thank you so much. Jess um, holds multitudes. Like, <laughs> that's the thing is like, if you are a pessimistic rain cloud, don't go in and be like, everything is shit, but be like, you know what? This is why, these are my strengths and this is why I can help you. Because at the end of the day, that's really what you're there for. You're there to help the showrunner. I want to go to my staffing meeting as Hannah Rosner. Are you guys saying that's not recommended? Yeah. Wait, how so? I just want to, I'm just going to put your name on the thing and then I'm going to go in and I'm just going to talk about my cool rock band background. Oh, I see. So you're going to not be yourself and you are going to lie. You're covering all the bases that we've talked about today. Yeah. <laughs> Good plan. But I was going to, but now you guys have convinced me not to. I mean, I guess when I say being yourself is important, not being yourself, I mean, don't pass yourself off as an expert at something you're not. So if it's a show about motorcycles and you go in and you're like, I know everything about motorcycles, when really you Googled it yesterday, you're going to get in trouble for that because eventually it will come out that you're just Googling this shit. It's like you guys said about the road trip in the van. The showrunner has to get that van of people together. And they're doing the best that they can to make sure personalities would mesh and, and you know, that everyone has a place on the show. And so if you go in pretending you're really sunny or pretending you're really cynical or whatever, and they make that decision, then it seems like that that would get you in, in a huge amount of trouble and also would potentially impede the room. And it sounds crazy that someone would pretend to know something or pretend to be someone they're not to get a job, but it happens. I know of a room where someone went in and part of the reason they got the job was they were like, look, I'm a vet. I was wounded in Afghanistan <gasps> and turns out, no, not a vet. Oh my God. Of all the things to lie about, that's, that's a bad that's one, right? Really that's a really bad one. Yeah. And so, wow. uh, don't, don't do that. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Don't do that. Yeah. Cause you're either going to out yourself by admitting that you don't know what you're talking about or someone's going to else is going to find out and then that would be even worse so either way just yeah don't do it on the opposite of that what are some tricks that felt like they worked for you what did you do in your staffing meetings that you felt like really worked well and helped you get the job asking questions I, oh go ahead. yeah yeah that's exactly <laughs> what i was going to say have good questions if you've watched the show or read the documents, just ask questions about character, about story, show that you're engaged, show that you're really thinking about it. Basically, if you ask the right questions, it shows the showrunner that you are incisive and that you know how to think about story in an analytical way or in a creative way or whatever way that is your strength. They basically just want to know, can you break story? Can you help me move this show down the road when we're mired in week 16 and everyone's really tired and we've hit so many roadblocks, can you get us over the hurdle? Can you help get us over those hurdles? It's like show how smart and knowledgeable you are by the asking the right questions and not by like grandstanding about yourself. And I would say in general, this a staffing meeting is almost a trial run. Like you can think of it like a trial run for actually being in the room. So all the things we talked about already, like they want to see that you're enthusiastic and that you're engaged, you ask good questions, you understand story and that you can, that you're a storyteller. I mean, I told the story of 
when I was first moving to LA and I was going back to go on tour with my band and the singer of our band like got drunk and fell off a roof and broke his back the night before we were supposed to go on tour. And that like got a big, like what? Like from, from the room in my staffing meeting, it came up sort of naturally, but I think the way that I told the story, which just now was not the good version, but in the meeting <laughs> I practiced for, and I, it kind of, it got them to like both sort of lean in and be like, whoa, this girl knows how to tell a story. And I was, it was a true story, but you're still pitching. And so just know that it's a performance not to add any more pressure to what's already a high pressure situation. But, you know, if it helps practice, have somebody, you know, have your roommate or your significant other ask you questions and practice answering them. I also think that Hannah, you brought up a really good point, which is be memorable. (laughs) Like you don't, you don't want to grandstand, you know, as Erica pointed out, but by bringing up that story, you not only showed that you know how to tell a story, you know how to pitch. These showrunners, these upper levels, they're reading thousands of scripts and they're meeting with dozens and dozens of writers. So how do you make sure that you don't just blend in to the huge groups of interviews that they've had? So Hannah's story about the lead singer who broke his back, from then on, everyone's like, hey, you remember that woman who talked about like the story about her band member breaking his back? Yeah, like, they're going to remember that forever. And that's going to be something that they'll move forward with. I mean, there's pretty much nothing interesting about me other than I was in a band once. So I try, that's why I tried to bring that into the, to the there's staffing meeting. There's also that time that someone up. took a staffing meeting as you. Right. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> what I'm hearing is basically you found ways in your meetings to show what a good writer you are in like stealth ways, like the questions and the storytelling as part of your like pitching yourself, but also like just showing that you can structure and hold interest in this like super stealthy sort of way. The be memorable thing is great. I feel like I I can see how people could take that too far, but like also uh, super important to not blend in. Yeah. But to be memorable in a good way, right? In a useful way. Yeah. I was going to ask how you feel, Jess, about bringing pitches for the show. I'm curious what you've heard or what your experience has been. I don't want to make a blanket statement and say never do this, but in the nine staffing meetings that I've had, only one time was I asked to pitch on a pilot that I was meeting for. Every other time, it was very clear that they did not want me to do that. So I can't say for sure, like never ever have a prepared pitch in your pocket, but you can generally read the room and figure out whether or not they want to hear it. That's the thing, right? It's like, you don't know if they're going to want pitches um, or if they're going to be expecting that. Some showrunners are like, absolutely would not want that. And then some are going to even ask you like, oh, do you have any ideas about the show? And that's kind of where the questions can come in. Like if you can start asking questions about the show and then that's a good way for you to talk about the show and get into like which characters you identify with and why, which is also a way to make yourself seem like the right person for the job. If you have like a similar background to one of the characters or, you know, you grew up in the same town where the show is set or whatever. But I think that's a good way to sort of like pitch without pitching. If that seems like something they're open to, if you're talking about the show and you're like, Oh, I really love this character. And you know, where do you see them going? And they might, that might open them up to say, we're, you know, not sure yet. What do you think? And then you could have something prepared for, So it's again, be prepared, put it in your toolbox. You may not need to use it and, but it's always better to have it in your back pocket. It sounds like it's part of like your, both of you are very clear that over-preparing is the way to go. And so this is, I guess, one way to over-prepare. And when I say over-prepare, by the way, 
still get a good night's sleep and eat a good breakfast beforehand. Like, it's, it's just like, you know, it's just like a high school exam or something like, don't stay up all night cramming because you're going to need that energy when you're in the room. The fact that you even got that meeting is a really big deal. And so congratulations to you. But it's really hard to get staffed. So if you don't get staffed off that meeting, don't assume it's because you did something wrong. It's often because, like I said, the showrunner's meeting many, many people. And you might just might not be the right fit for that particular show. And it's just don't take it personally. There will be another meeting. Which is, again, why it's a good reason to be yourself, because you have no clue what they're looking for. The only thing you can do is prepare, show up as yourself and give your best shot as far as what you can bring. And if you're not what they're looking for, for whatever reason, yeah, don't take it personally, but at least you gave it your best shot. Yeah. And keep in mind, uh, my understanding is lower level writers are the last to be set, right? So like, let's say it is a motorcycle show and you are a motorcycle expert, you know, like your mom taught you how to build a motorcycle when you were knee high, right? And you go in and you talk about that, but they already hired a mid-level writer whose mom also taught them to build motorcycles, right? So they don't need you, but they probably thought you were great. You know what I mean? So like, there's just no way of telling who's already in the room, what personalities and skills are they balancing? Do they already have like two character people, but they need someone who's great at comedy? Like all this stuff is way outside your control. Yeah. And speaking of timeline, as a lower level writer, you're probably the last one to get hired and you're probably going to have a lot less time between your interview and when the room starts. I mean, I actually interviewed for my job well, well in advance, but I didn't hear from them for like two months because they were going out to all the upper level writers. I I just happened to go first because I was in the program. And then I finally heard that I got the job like on a Friday and started on a Monday of the following week. So, (laughs) And when you say go out, my understanding is that like, you know, the showrunner and, and the execs, they all like, these are the people we want. And then they go out with deals and it still might not work out they may have other commitments or want too much money or the show, you know, not that they can't agree on what title, whatever it is. So like that all eats up time too. So, I mean, that pretty much happened to me on one of my shows. I had the interview five weeks went by and I just assumed I didn't get it. And then I got a call on a Tuesday and said, Hey, can you come in in the next hour? And I said, sure. That was that. Yeah. Even when I did my, it was more of a very casual interview. Similar. Like they, I talked to the showrunner who was the show creator and not going to be the showrunner, but just like had the authority to be like, yep, I would like you to start tomorrow. And I did. Yeah. You have to be flexible in general in this business. Like, Hey, got a wedding this weekend. Too bad. You got to write. Like, it's just, things are just going to come up. You got to, you don't hear about a job for two months and then you find out the day that you're, you know, starting tomorrow. Yeah. These jobs are really intense and, you know, maybe this can be part of your research. If you can, if you know someone who's worked with that showrunner before, you might be able to get a sense of like, are they that showrunner who um, doesn't want to go home? And so they keep the room there as late as possible. Or are they that showrunner who runs a really efficient ship, you know, and has everyone out of there by six or whatever? Like, how does the showrunner like to relate to people? How, you know, like all that stuff is um, not stuff that you would necessarily use in your meeting with them, but just so that you know, because you're like, if you get the offer and you accept, like you should do your due diligence um, and not just be like, yay, I'm so grateful for everything and then sign up for an experience that you are not going to be able to do well at. I remember I had a showroom meeting once. I could tell that there were going to be a lot of problems in that particular room because the showrunner, they were on their best behavior, but they were also clearly toxic. And in a writer's room, all of a person's flaws tend to be exacerbated because of the stress. And so 
I know if you're just trying to get your first job or your second job, you don't really have a choice on the jobs that you can take and you can refuse. But it really, I think, helps with mental health if knowing going in what kind of show you're going to be getting into and just mentally preparing yourself for it. Because I think a lot of staff writers go into the room being like, this is going to be the most wonderful unicorns and bunnies experience that I've ever had in my life. And then they are very, very sort of disappointed and even heartbroken when the show experience does not turn out to be that glorious. And so just keep in mind like why you're there. You're there to learn. You're there to get better. You're there to get some credits on your IMDb page. And eventually you will work your way up into a position where you can turn down meetings or turn down staffing opportunities because you have that power. And uh, just to silver lining your cloud a little bit, like, you know, I <laughs> I was in a room, it wasn't the showrunner's fault, it wasn't anything, but like we had a really, a really difficult experience. And so I cried on a lot of days. I forgot my anniversary. I was so stressed out, but I'm still friends with all of them. Not the people who messed with us, but the writers who I went through that with. And that's one of the amazing things about a writer's room is you forge these incredible bonds. Even if the show itself wasn't a great experience, it bonds you and you hire each other later. But yeah, so it sounds like in terms of the timeline, you have your interview, you might wait two months to get hired on Monday. You also might, they might happen faster that if they, than they, if they interview you last. You can ask too. Is it just, what's your timeline? Yeah. Like, do you guys have a timeline of when you're thinking about starting the room? And then that's usually a good nudge to them. Hopefully they will then go, oh, we're thinking of starting in two weeks. And so you should know by, you know, we're going to try to make our decision by whatever. But they know that people have lives and need to plan these things. Just remembered one last thing. After your staffing meeting, try to get the showrunner's email or their assistant's email so you can send them a thank you email afterwards. Good tip. Oh yeah, 100%. So thank you guys so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Untitled Female. You can connect with us there or email us at UntitledFemaleDrivenPodcast at gmail.com. And also please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear from you and tell us what you'd like to hear us talk about. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>